Here's what's coming up on today's show. So, you know, having these conversations now while you're of sound mind, you can see and talk to your kids currently is always advisable. It's time for financial advisor Ben Schrock to give you the keys to retiring with confidence. This is Unlocking Your Financial Future. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Unlocking Your Financial Future. I'm Caitlin Schrock. I'm the Director of Operations here at BA Schrock Financial Group. And today I have our owner, Ben Schrock, joining me for part two of our legacy planning series. Welcome back, Ben. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about the legacy planning, continuing that conversation And we're going to be talking to Ben about some of the common concerns that pop up when he's working through this process with clients. So in the last episode, we talked about having a plan for passing on your retirement assets. So after your clients create that plan with you, Ben, what else do they need to consider? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like we we uncovered a lot last time talking about um, mainly the planning aspect of it and you know, involving children and having those conversations with people in terms of what you want to do with your money. Um, the next step is more the technicality of it is, is how do we do it, right? Everyone out there, I'm sure at some point in time, have heard of the, the legal work, right? Your wills, your trust, you need all that kind of stuff in, in order. And again, disclaimer, I'm not an attorney. Um, you know, we work with a great attorney. Um, he does an awesome job of, of explaining the whole process. And he'll be the first one to tell you that not everyone needs one either. So it, it could be as simple as you just need a living will or need a will and a couple of POA documents and that's it. Um, so again, it, it's it's really diving in today, Caitlin, to talk a little bit more about um, the, the way to pass money on, you okay. know, we call it the medium, if you will, um, the, the sort, the way that the money is actually transitioned from, um, one person to the next. Yeah. So when you encounter that, like you said, not everybody needs a trust. Some people mm-hmm. just need a will. So it's similar to retirement planning in the sense that no two plans look the same, even when you're passing on to beneficiaries. Yeah. You know, and that's some of the conversations you have with, with people that, um, you know, uh, someone might say, I have a will, I'm good. I don't need any beneficiaries on my accounts. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, you know, people don't really understand that or, you know, misconception is the fact that wills still go through probate. You know, that's part of the process. You, you, a will will appoint someone to deal with that, but that those assets still flow through to the probate courts and you still have to go through that process. Again, it's you know not the end of the world, but it is a little bit of a process and a little bit cumbersome and it can be a lot cleaner. It doesn't have to go through that. To me, in my opinion, a will is something that's meant to kind of pick up all the loose change. If something falls through the cracks, um, a, a, a car you owned or a title or a trailer that pulls your boat, Anything that has a title that he's forgot to name a, a proper designation on it, or a beneficiary, or you know, transfer on death um, designation on that, and it goes through the probate process. That's where the will will scoop up and say, "Oh yeah, anything that was missed, this is where it goes," or you know, directs it back into the trust. So, um, th- those are the the things that a will I think is more beneficial for, or really meant to do, is to really pick up everything else that fell through the cracks. 
Do you um, think there's um, a misconception sometimes that people will say, oh, I have a will, it's taken care of, but not necessarily all the, the pieces are titled properly or are set up to be transferred properly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's you know what we'll get with, okay, you know, even if it's someone that doesn't have any children or any family members, right? We got clients that literally have, they're the only child and they're you know, had no cousins, no one to leave money wow. to. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, they just want to leave it to their state. And I'll still kind of urge them and say, are you sure? Because that's still, someone's going to have to deal with that. Right? Is there a charity that you're passionate about? Someone out there that you would like this money to go to? And then, you know, m- most of the time someone, they think of something to say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll name it to, you know, XYZ charity um, and call it a day. But you know, the, the easiest way around it is to make those beneficiary designations, you know, on your investment accounts. Okay. I think that's solves a lot of the problems right there. If you just simply had a 401k, Caitlin, um, and you were renting a house and you had one child, okay. And something happened to you. If you had a proper designation, just a, a beneficiary on that, um, the money would then pass on directly to that beneficiary. That's a legal way to move money um, in an investment account, a retirement account, investment accounts, anything um, like that. That's an easy way to, to, to do that. Yeah. And that's even if you have a will or a trust that needs to be spelled out great, properly. Great question. Because again, a lot of people think, well, no, no, no. My, my will says it's supposed to go here, but my beneficiary is a different person. Well, the beneficiary will trump the whatever the will says. So again, you do get that a lot. No, no, no. My will says I'm leaving all my money to you know my favorite child. You know, my, <laughs> my mom's world would be my brother DJ. <laughs> but um, you know, <laughs> but the beneficiaries say something different. The beneficiaries will always go above and beyond what the will says. It'll take over um, precedent over what the will says. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's more than just getting a legal document. You have to make sure even your accounts here with us or really any financial advisor that you've got those designated the way that you want them to should something happen and and you pass on. Correct. And and then you get into more of the complex situations where a trust is advisable. Um, Again, we've been around enough and, and again, can't stress enough not an attorney here, but um, I've sat through many conversations with our attorney and, and clients and listened in and learned a lot um, to where, you know, I got a good feeling if a client needs a trust or should probably have a conversation with our attorney about a trust. And, and those are really more for the people that might have younger children, right? And, mm-hmm. and they've acquired assets. Um, because again, it, you can't leave a four-year-old a million dollars, right? What yeah. are they going to do with it? They're going to appoint someone to oversee that or the courts might. So again, handle it outside the courts through a, through a trust where it, it maintains the assets and you appoint a trustee to manage those for that person. Um, or you might have a child with, with a special needs, you know, that's going to require, um, a, a, a trust most likely to maintain assets and continue on out of the name of that child with a disability because it could interfere with any type of um, government aid or government benefits he or she might be receiving. Um, So any type of complex situation doesn't always mean you have to have a super ton of money, right? A lot of people think, well, I don't have millions of dollars. I don't need a trust. Well, not necessarily. If you're worried about, you know, your daughter-in-law or son-in-law, you know, getting remarried or divorced or remarried or, you know, whatever's, you know, taking half of your money somehow, some way, um, a trust would protect that, uh, most of the times if structured properly. So, um, trusts are always, 
uh, advisable in that sense to, to make things run pretty smooth. You appoint a trustee and designate someone that's usually a child or a sibling or someone that you, you know, trust, pun intended there, um, someone that you would trust to handle your estate and handle your affairs and manage those monies for the longevity of the trust. It could run on 20, 30, 50, could indefinitely, really, that trust can be, um, could go on for a long, long time um, if managed properly. So it's a, a more of a niche situation, I guess. Um, doesn't mean everyone has to have one, but it does make life a lot easier. It's like, Caitlin, if something happened to you, this is your trust. Um, these are the laws that the trustee has to follow. They can't really skirt outside those laws. That makes sense. Now, one other, uh, I guess, some office lingo that I hear here in the office frequently is the term TOD or mm-hmm. transfer on death. So how does that fit into this whole yeah. Plan. Yeah, sorry, jump the gun on you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so a, a TOD designation, you'll hear it. You'll hear it in the office. Um, going back to what we call, call the uh, brokerage accounts or the individual investment accounts, and again, that is a, an, an account that you open up like your checking and savings that you invest in the market. Okay, we call them brokerage accounts. So we always want to make a TOD designation on that because that money then is transferable on death. Okay, so that means that you're basically naming a beneficiary on an after-tax account. Um, so then, when something happens to you, literally the account transfers on your death to that person. That's why most of those types of accounts, Caitlin, transfer on your death at a stepped-up cost basis. Okay. So it kind of goes hand in hand with that tax law. Um, you know, a, a, another thing that people miss the boat on are bank accounts. I can't tell you how many times someone doesn't name a, a beneficiary, TOD or POD, payable on death, uh, either or on their bank accounts. Um, it, it's something as simple as that. If mom and dad pass and they got 10 grand sitting in the bank account and there's no one left on there, you can't just go into the bank and say, hey, I need to withdraw this money for my mom or dad. They're, I'm handling their estate. They're going to say, tough. Well, it's going to go through probate. And again, you have to have the will and prove that you're the executive of the state blah 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 and, and it's just a lot of hoops you gotta jump through naming a pod or tod on a bank account is so simple just ask your banker tell them when you go in there hey i want to name a, a beneficiary on my account or a tod on my account and they'll do that so the money then is transferred upon their death now granted you have to prove that they're no longer here you can't just go in and say my mom and dad died and they didn't and take all their money right you got death certificates yeah. and proper documentation um, so there's nothing really to worry about from an account holder situation to say, I'm, I'm doing this or wanting to do that. Yeah. So I think all, what I gathered from everything that you just shared is, you know, the will, the trust and making sure you have beneficiaries named on your accounts, your investment accounts, and then, you know, the TODs or PODs, all of that is meant to make sure that that plan or the transfer to beneficiaries is smooth and you avoid probate as much as possible correct yeah absolutely and again it's not the end of the world you know probate i was always getting a bad rap and and anyone that's had to go through it is they understand that it's it's a lot of legwork and tedious work it's just something you don't really want to have to deal with that especially when you lose a loved one so yeah. why not simplify the process um and try to avoid it at all costs uh so yeah you're absolutely right this is all done and in, in attempt to transfer wealth to the the right parties you know wh- yeah. whoever it may that's be that's the other piece too the correct parties as smoothly as possible i yeah. guess it's twofold yeah right and that's where I see this as, as a great message. And we talked about this, it, you know, the baby boomer generation and, and, 
you know, they're inheriting money right now from their parents that are still alive or, you know, deceased um, uh, currently um, inheriting those monies and then passing them on. We call it the, the, one of the greatest wealth transfers, right? And, and generationally speaking, because the baby boomer generation is the largest by size and holds the majority of the wealth. So you think about this, we fast forward, what, 20, 30 years when we get this generation, this boomer generation into their 80s and 90s, we're going to see trillions of dollars transferred down to generations or, you know, charities or whomever they leave the money to. So, you know, having these conversations now while you're of sound mind, you can see and talk to your kids currently is always advisable. Yeah. I th- And I know we talked on that in the last episode too. It's that um, communication peace and you again i mean sometimes those conversations are uncomfortable but there's always resources here Mm -hmm. i mean here even at our office or you know i'm sure if you go into the bank they would even help you with the accounts getting that prepared like you mentioned so yeah and and it doesn't have to be as specific as hey guess what guys mom and dad are leaving you two million (laughs) dollars yeah you don't have to spill no spill all the details right it's something as hey mom and dad are likely going to leave you money um don't worry we got the tax implications all covered here's who you call if something ever happens to us so that means that everything is taken care of or you know money's going to flow through the trust and that's where you're not to get completely sidetracked so we talk about this all day but you know the the proper accounts going into the trust because trusts are taxed differently than individuals less favorably than individuals are so again when money's going to a trust things like if an ira went into a trust that's distributed out over 10 years trusts are taxed a lot higher so again is it the right path the right direction you know that's when you have those conversations that's when it's great to have an attorney at the table to offer suggestions again because if it's um you know so a child with disabilities or you know how do you leave taxable money or pre-tax monies to someone versus going into a trust you know there's a delicate balance there and that's where you really lean on a good qualified attorney to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row so that they're passing it on the way that they want to and then step two of that is as tax efficiently as they can. So again, it's kind of twofold in that sense. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you need a team there to really help you make sure that you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that last part of the team would obviously be a good CPA firm. Cause again, we're not accountants. Uh, we don't claim to be, but we know enough about the tax laws in our world to, to speak about it, uh, but we can't give advice on that. So Adding the CPA, you know, good accountant with your attorney along with a financial advisor are really the three um, key pieces in, in that conversation. Yeah. Okay. Well, you offered some great solutions today on on uh, what tools you can use and then kind of what that team looks like as you build out that transition plan. So, and as same as our last episode, um, you know, you learn learn about your options, get some education from the parties that we talked about and those are the types of things that can um, keep your plan going even after you're no longer here mm-hmm. and really leave, you truly do, you can't leave a legacy that's, you know, distributed uh, efficiently and on your terms even when you're gone. Yeah, I, I can't tell you enough, I mean, how many times we've had the conversation. Now, this is our 10th year in business where, you know, at first, you know, we've seen clients that have aged, right? You've been with us yes. for 10 years. yes plans change right yeah. at first i'm not i don't want to leave money to anyone well, now all of a sudden i want to 
right? I realize that I'm not going to spend all my money. Now I'm you know, scratching my head thinking, I actually want to leave this money to someone or I need to start thinking about this or getting the legal doc. So it isn't uncommon for people to, to not have that on their priorities at all. And then five years later, things change, right? Usually it's a health scare. I got cancer, I had a heart attack. Something happened that kind of scared me a little bit. Now I need to make sure all my affairs are in order. Yeah. Um, so again, it, it's something that, that will you know, make suggestions, talk about that stuff. When the client's ready, ultimately, we'll make the introduction if they don't have uh, the good CPA or good attorney. Um, we'll make the, an introduction with some of the relationships that we have built um, and then let the clients talk to them. I think that's the important piece is let them speak with the, the qualified professionals and let them determine if they're a good fit to work together. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Then when I, you know, hear some of the meetings that take place in our office too, um, we're fortunate that we do have a good um, team of people that we trust in our community and that mm -hmm. we've partnered with to be a part of that legacy planning team. And they really do give advice that's based on a person's individual situation, and they don't make recommendations, at least from what I've heard, that aren't necessary. Right. So... Okay, well, if you have questions about the topics that we discussed today or you need an introduction to um, some of the team members that we talked, CPAs, attorneys, things like that, to get your legacy plan rolling, we're happy to assist with that here at BA Shrock Financial Group. You can give us a call at 330-473-1060 or you can visit us at our website, bashrock-fg.com. Thanks again, Ben. You bet. Investment advisory services offered through B.A. Schrock Wealth Management, Inc., a registered investment advisor. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or a guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.